Lesson number 85, Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 128 to 140. وَيَوْمَ And on day, يَحْشُرُهُمْ He will gather them. جَمِيعًا All together. Who will gather them together? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather all of His creation together. All people, all jinn, all the rest of the creatures. يَحْشُرُهُمْ جَمِيعًا So in this ayah, a scene from the Day of Judgment is being sketched out. What is that scene? That when he will assemble all people, he will say, Ya o ma'shar, assemblage, group, al-jinn, of the jinn. O company of the jinn, O assembly of the jinn. The word ma'shar is from the root letters, ayn, sheen, ra, and ashara means ten. And ten indicates a large number. Because from single digit, you go to double digit. So it's a large number. So ma'ashar is used for a large group of people. An assembly, a community, a group. So all community, all company, all assembly of the jinn, قَدْ in fact, istakthartum You have done much, or rather you have taken many. You have taken many. Men from al-insi, the men, meaning the human beings. Istakthartum, from the root letters, kaf, tha, ra, kathura, kathra. What does it mean? A lot, abundant, right? And istakthara, istafala, the sinanta, the extra sinanta, Sometimes it gives a meaning of seeking something. So for example, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ We seek aun, meaning we seek help. And sometimes, سِينَنْتَ When it's added to a word, it gives a meaning of excessively doing something. So for example, istiqama. Istiqama is to become firm, to become very, very firm. Okay? To become very firm. This is what istiqama means. So istakthartum means that you have taken many, many. You have stolen many. You have led astray many. And you have done many. I mean, what action is not mentioned? Because the jinn, they misled many basically, right? Many human beings. And the word misled is not mentioned because there are many other wrong things that they basically did to human beings. So you have captured many, you have misled many, you have used many, many from among human beings. قَدِسْتَكْثَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِنْسِ So you have misled many, many from the human beings. Iblis. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expelled him from his presence. Iblis, what did he say? In Surah Sa'ad, ayah 82, we learn, قَالَ فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ By your honor, O Allah, I will mislead all of the human beings. I'm not going to spare even a single human being, except for who? Your servants that are sincere, that you have chosen. Those people, your servants who seek your help, I do not have any authority over them. I cannot lead them astray. However, the rest of them, I will mislead all of them. Ajma'een. So on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will address the jinn and He will say, yes, you have misled many from among the human beings. 
You befriended many. You caused many to become your workers, your comrades. You deceived many with zuhruf al-qawl. And since you misled many, therefore your punishment will be great as well. Because if a person has misled one person, two persons, then okay, he will also suffer the consequences of their sins. Because he misled them. He guided them towards wrong. But if someone has misled many, then his punishment will also be very, very great. So why will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say this? قَدِسْتَكْثَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ To indicate to them how great their punishment will be. How justified Allah is in punishing them. قَدِسْتَكْثَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ وَقَالَ And he will say, أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمْ Their friends. Whose friends? The friends of the jinn. Which friends? Men from al-insi, the human beings. They're friends from the human beings. And who are the friends of the shayateen? Those who are like them. Those who listen to shaitan. Those who follow the instructions of shaitan. Whatever shaitan tells them, they do it. And they become like shaitan. How? That they mislead others, just like shaitan misleads others. So, وَقَالَ أَوْلِيَاءُهُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ They're friends from the human beings, their partners and their mission of misleading people, of harming mankind. They will say, confessing at that time, رَبَّنَا O our Lord, إِسْتَمْتَعَ He benefited. From meme ta'in. Matar, benefit. Istamta'a, he took benefit. Ba'duna, some of us, bi'ba'dun with others. Meaning, we all used one another. The jinn used us, and we used the jinn. We were all working together in this. And this is true. That the shayateen, they inspire human beings, zukhruf al-qawl, and what happens? The human beings, they inspire that zukhruf al-qawl to other human beings. So they're basically benefiting the cause of each other. We used one another, we benefited from each other. And we see that many people, they use the jinn, they benefit the jinn, and the jinn in return use them. They benefit them. There were many things that the mushrikeen would do. And there are many things that are present today as well. But when people use the devil, or when they please the devil, when they benefit the devil. How? In different ways. For example, when it comes to magic. And by the way, magic is real. It happens. We've learned about it in Surah Al-Baqarah in the first shows. As-sihr. How does a person perform magic? Basically, what a person does is that he pleases a shaitan. He attracts a shaitan. How? By being dirty. By not taking a bath for like weeks and weeks by staying dirty, by staying in a dirty place, by doing strange things, by using najasa, for example, blood, for example, urine, for example, you know, such human excretions, and by using parts of dead animals sometimes, and doing strange things with them, living amongst them, putting that on their body, putting that on the place where they are. And when they do such nasty, dirty things, what happens is that the shayateen, they're attracted to this. Why do you think when we go to the washroom, we should make dua, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubthi wal-khaba'ith. Because shayateen, they like dirty things. Right? This is why if a person wants to keep themselves aware from the effect of shayateen, one of the first things that they have to do is what? Keep clean. Keep their body clean. Take a shower regularly. Keep your private parts clean. 
And make sure that you apply fragrance on yourself because the more clean you are, the more far shayateen will be away from you. So anyway, when a person does this, shayateen are attracted to him. Then he offers something to the shayateen. For example, slaughters an animal, offers all that meat or something like that to please the shaytan. When the shaytan is happy, then that person tells the shaytan, do this and this to such a person. Hmm? That harm him in this way. So then what happens? They're doing magic on a particular person and there are many other things involved. So what happens? The shayateen, they go and, let's say, physically hurt the person on whom magic is being done. They physically hurt the person, possess the person. right? So over here, what's happening? The person who is doing magic, he is pleasing the shaitan. And the shaitan is in return helping that person. So for the cause of magic, both are using one another. Remember, magic cannot be done except with the help of shayateen. All right? It cannot be done except with the help of shayateen. So if somebody says, oh, it's good kind of magic, it is to break that black magic, wrong, wrong, wrong. Any kind of magic, don't go near it. Because it is shirk. It is shirk. Why? Because seeking the help of the jinn, seeking the help of other than Allah, sacrificing something for them, offering something to them, pleasing them, this itself is shirk. And the thing is that you cannot see the jinn. Because sometimes what people say is that so-and-so person, he has a jinn. And if you have some illness, go to them. That jinn will tell you what the problem is. And uh, the jinn will also tell you what the cure is. Then inshallah, you'll be fine. Have you heard of such stories? Maybe. Okay. Anyway, there are such people who claim that they have jinn. And the jinn will tell you what you're suffering from. Or the jinn will tell you who has done magic on you. Whose evil eye has affected you? Hmm? Now, the thing is that jinn may appear to be righteous, may appear to be sincere. But who has seen that jinn? Which human being has seen that jinn? No, no one has. The jinn may be deceiving that person. Alright? When there is a human being, And if we have not met them ourselves, we have not spoken to them ourselves, we have not seen their qualifications, we don't trust them. How is it that there is a jinn whom you've never seen, right? You cannot be sure of what kind of jinn they are and you trust them? You seek help from them for the purpose of treatment? No, this is incorrect. Uh, Today, this morning, my daughter, she was looking on a flyer and she saw a toy is written in it. The magic jinn fortune teller. The toy name is like that. Imagine. The magic jinn fortune teller. What is that about? You know, teaching children that magic is just fun and innocent and it's just tricks. No, it's not just that. There's much more evil in it. Likewise, the people use jinn for fortune telling as well. So for example, people say, go to that person and show them your hand and they will tell you if you should marry this and this person or not, or if you should take this job or not. And what happens is that they go to him, they show him their hand, and that fortune teller says, or that palmist, whoever, he says that you have three sisters, right? (laughs) And they're like, yeah, how did you know? How did that fortune teller get to know? Because he has jinn whom he pleases, 
you know like animals whom you feed constantly so like they become loyal to you right or people whom you give money to so they become loyal to you so just like that they please the jinn and the jinn because they see things that we don't see they can quickly send the jinn go somewhere find out how many sisters does he have get some personal information about him and that person will say yeah this fortune teller he knows everything can you imagine he knew how many sisters i have and because of that yeah he knows what fortune i'm going to get in the future so i should definitely marry this person or i should not marry that person so they use the jinn for this purpose and remember that if there's any person who asks you the name of your mother you know like fishy people and they ask you the name of your mother you go to them for some help or some treatment or something like for example people say that we cure through quran only only quran only quran you're having jinn issues you're having sihr issues come we will read quran over you and then they ask you what's the name of your mother big big warning sign big warning sign if they need the name of your mother that means they do magic because the jinn needs that to get information about you or to do things to you yes in my first job now i really realized one of my colleagues she said i really like your streaking can you give me uh, one um, small like your hair i want to show that to the parlor i want to have that shade so i didn't give that to her but uh, the thing that now came and she asked the name of my mother as well imagine <laughs> they want your hair or your nails or your menstrual blood yes gross i know these three things and the name of your mother and then they want to do magic so be very careful my dear sisters so they will say istamta ba'duna bi ba'd we benefited one another we used one another likewise the people they would honor the jinn and the jinn would give them protection and help so what does this teach us by the way that using the jinn to get any kind of benefit is wrong it is not correct so even if somebody says but this jinn is muslim you know this person has five jinn and they go to the kaaba every day do tawaf right They're very good jinn they have memorized the entire quran mashallah la quwwata illa billah great however the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not teach us to use the jinn to get benefit right if this was necessary if it was really something beneficial to human beings the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself would do that but did he do that no he didn't he didn't use the jinn even though groups of jinn came to him to ask him to learn the quran from him to learn about islam from him the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught them but he did not use them because the thing is that you cannot see the jinn so you don't know if it's shaitan or if it's a good jinn he may be lying to you he may be deceiving you so on the day of judgment they will say istamta'a ba'duna bi ba'd wa balaghna and we kept doing this wa balaghna and we reached ajalana our term alladhi that which ajalta you appointed lana for us that we were busy in this life in the life of this world benefiting the jinn and the jinn benefiting us in return we were just lost in this leading people astray harming others doing shirk pleasing shayateen promoting the cause of iblis until death came to us and we did not repent and when we did not repent here we stand today with all of our sins they will say this to express regret on their part however qala he will say allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond annaru the fire is mathwakum your residence mathwa from the root letters tha wa ya 
Mathwa is a place where a person resides, where a person stays for a very long time. Your home, your residence is what? The fire now. Khalidina, one's abiding eternally, fiha in it. You will stay there forever. Illa except ma that which Allah Allah wills. Except for that which Allah wills. Meaning Allah decides to take you out of the fire. Allah decides to forgive you. In that case, hellfire will not be your eternal home. However, if Allah does not intend to forgive you, then this is your eternal home. Inna indeed, Rabbaka your Lord, Hakimun, all wise, Alimun, all knowing. Meaning, He is wise in His decision and He knows what people deserve for the sins that they have committed. So what do we learn in this ayah? That shaitan is after people to lead them astray, to use them for his cause. And in different ways, by benefiting people, by harming them, in different ways, he's after people to mislead many. And the reality is that yes, he will mislead many. So the test here is that we have to protect ourselves from our enemy shaitan. Because shaitan, he is after every single person. Trying to ruin your iman. Trying to ruin your tawheed. Trying to make you commit some kind of shit so that all your good deeds are nullified. They are wasted. And sometimes it happens that when people are in difficult situations, then they turn towards magic and such things. Just to bring relief to themselves. That if for instance, one of their relatives is harming them, they're not happy from them, what will they do? They will go to someone to get magic done on that person. And sometimes it is for a good reason, apparently, that we want to save them from doing all this wrong. But at the end of the day, you are committing kufr, you are committing shirk. So be very careful. And using the jinn in any way is incorrect. And sometimes this is done in a very innocent way, that certain games are played. If there's any evil spirit passing by, please enter this cup. Have you ever played that game? Or heard of that game? Hmm? Even this is incorrect. You see, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concealed the shayateen, the jinn from our eyes, there's a reason behind that. So don't go seeking them. Because some people, they're very interested in the jinn. So they want to hear all these jinn stories. right? And they want to know about what happens, you know, what kind of creatures are they, how tall they can be, what do they eat, where do they live, what do they do. Curious about the jinn. And this kind of knowledge is useless knowledge. It's not going to benefit you in any way. How much can you learn? And whatever you learn, how relevant is it to your actions? And if you're ever going through some difficulty, what's the cure? What's the cure? Magic is the cure? No. Jinn is the cure? No. What's the cure? The Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. Remember, Musa alayhi salam, he had one ayah of Allah. What was that ayah? His staff. It was a miracle, right? And the magicians, what did they throw to him? So much magic, right? They all threw their sticks and their robes, they all turned into snake. Musa alayhi salam's one ayah that Allah gave him, that was enough to counter the magic of all those great magicians of Egypt. So remember, have faith in the book of Allah. Any problem you're going through, any problem, whether it is you know, evil eye related or magic related or jinn related, any kind of problem, never think, I should go to that person. I've heard that they cure magic and I've heard that they do good magic. I've heard that they have control over jinn. 
No, don't go to them. Go to Allah. One ayah of the Qur'an can be enough for you. If you bring that kind of iman and that trust in Allah. وَكَذَلِكَ And thus, نُوَلِّي We cause to befriend بَعْضَ Some الظَّالِمِينَ Wrongdoers The wrongdoers بَعْضًا Others Meaning, we cause wrongdoers to become friends of each other. نُوَلِّي is from وَأُلَامِيَا وَلِي is who? Friend. So نُوَلِّي We allow to befriend. Meaning, we allow wrongdoers We facilitate wrongdoers to become friends of who? Other wrongdoers. Why? بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ Because of what they used to earn. You see, people can only benefit from one another. They can only support one another when they are like-minded. When they have common goals. In the Qur'an we learn, وَالَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا بَعْضُهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءُ بَعْضُ Those who disbelieve, they are friends of each other. So over here, jinn and men, Helping one another, using one another, supporting each other in zulm. Why? Because both are zalim. So the people, they cannot say, no, no, it was the jinn who led us astray. And the jinn cannot say, oh, it was the people who made us do this. No, both are wrong. And when people have bad friends, it's because they themselves are bad. Because you befriend someone who is like you. If someone is not like you, how can you become their friend? There has to be something common between the two of you so that you can be friends. So what do we learn here? That when a person does wrong, then what happens? He develops friends who do wrong as well. Because your friends are in reality a reflection of who you are, how you are. This ayah has also been interpreted as that nuwalli we give wilaya. Wilaya meaning authority. Governance, leadership. That we give authority to who? Some wrongdoers over who? Over other wrongdoers. Why? Because of the evil that they commit. So what this means is that wrongdoers are headed by wrongdoers. People who do zulm, their leaders also do zulm. When people do zulm, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appoints others over them who do more zulm than them. Because sometimes what happens is that people, they blame leaders. That oh, they are so unjust, they are so unfair, they lie, they cheat, they are deceptive, they are selfish, they are like this, they are like that. But you know what? You'll be amazed that when you analyze the qualities of the leader and the qualities of the people whom they lead, you will find a lot of resemblance. Why? Because the leader is who? The leader is also from the people. Correct? So when he's from the people, that means he's going to be like them. He's going to be like them. He's going to resemble them in some way or the other. So, وَكَذَلِكَ نُوَلِّي بَعْضَ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْضًا بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ A poet once said, وَمَا مِنْ يَدٍ إِلَّا يَدُ اللَّهِ فَوْقَهَا وَلَا ظَالِمٍ إِلَّا سَيُبْلَى بِظَالِمٍ There is no hand, but Allah's hand is above it. Meaning when a person is helping another, then Allah is helping him. And there is no wrongdoer, but that he will be tested by another wrongdoer. That a greater zalim is appointed over him. So he is committing injustice against others, and someone is appointed over him who will commit injustice against him. Same thing. What goes around, comes around. And this is why many times it happens that people who perform magic on others, what happens is that the shaitan, the jinn, he overcomes that person. 
kills him at the end sometimes. Or leads him to hellfire. Right? Basically leads him to hellfire. Because when a person gets stuck in this business, then it's very difficult to get out. Very difficult to get out. So, وَكَذَلِكَ نُوَلِّي بَعْضَ الظَّالِمِينَ بَعْضًا بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ In Surah Al-Zukhruf, Ayah 36, we learn, وَمَنْ يَعْشُ عَنْ ذِكْرِ الرَّحْمَانِ نُقَيِّضْ لَهُ شَيْطَانًا فَهُوَ لَهُ قَرِينَ Whoever is blinded from the remembrance of the Most Merciful, we appoint for him a devil. So he becomes a friend for him. When a person does wrong, turns away from the Qur'an, a zalim is placed over him. Who's that zalim? Shaytan who will lead him astray. So check your friends. Check the people who are with you. Check your actions. Because whatever you do, whatever you go for, that is what will be facilitated for you. Allah will say, Ya O ma'ashar al-jinn, assembly of the jinn, wal-ins and the men. When they are sentenced to hellfire, and as they are being admitted into hellfire, it will be said, O assembly of jinn and men, Alam did not yatikum he come to you, rusulun, messengers, min come from you, were there not messengers who came to you? Yaqusuna, they relate from Qaf Sad Sad. Alaykum upon you, ayati, my verses. Did messengers not come to you, telling you about my verses, my commands? Wayunzirunakum, and they warn you, liqa a meeting, yomikum of your day, hadha this. Didn't any messengers come to you, telling you about what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, warning you about the day of judgment? What's the answer? Yes. And that's exactly what they will say. Qalu, they will say, Shahidana, we testify Allah against anfusina ourselves. Meaning, we confess, we are guilty. It's our fault. The messengers did come to us. We were informed. We were warned. We were told that magic is kufr. That pleasing the jinn, seeking them, this is something that will lead a person astray. We knew. The jinn also, because shaitan, iblis has deceived them, right? Did the message not reach them? Yes, because from the jinn we learned, some are Muslim and some are not. There were some jinn who came to the Prophet ﷺ, and they asked him, they became Muslim. And there were others who remained obedient to iblis. Inshallah, we will learn about that in more detail in Surah Al-Jinn. So, the message did come to them. They were informed of what is right, of what is wrong. However, they chose to disobey Allah. They chose to disbelieve. So they will say, Shahidna ala anfusina. Why? And sometimes it's amazing that, for example, a person is possessed by the jinn. And let's say there is a shaykh or someone who's trying to treat them. They're reciting Quran, so the jinn begins to speak, right? Through the mouth of the person who has been possessed. And they explain to him that, look, you are harming this person. Why? Believe. They warn him. But that jinn remains firm on kufr. You know, there is an article on Muslim Matters, I think, on this. Search it and you'll find out. There's a whole conversation that actually took place and they recorded it and they wrote it down. And it shows how the shaitan, the truth is made clear to him. That look, if you do this, you're going to hellfire. But doesn't listen. Because, وَغَرَّتْهُمْ And it has deceived them, الْحَيَاةُ dunya, The life of this world. Because Iblis, he has promised them, false promises, that you harm people, and I will give this and this to you. You harm people, and you will get this and this. You will get this benefit in this life. You know, for example, we learned that shaitan, his effort is to create division between a husband and wife. Right? So, 
every day Iblis he establishes his throne calls all his shayateen and asks them what did you do today what did you do today and then one comes and says I did this and this evil and he says you've done nothing you've done nothing you've done nothing until one comes and says I instigated such and such person until I separated a husband and wife so Iblis says you have done well and he puts a crown on his head غَرَّتْهُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا To get that honor from Iblis. They do so much evil. غَرَّتْهُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا And the people who do magic for instance, who use shayateen to do such things, what has deceived them? Worldly life. That a person got married to another, I don't want that. I want them to divorce so that my daughter can get married to them. غَرَّتْهُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا How long... Can they enjoy? How long? Why would you make somebody suffer just so that your daughter can marry a particular person? Why? غَرَّتْهُمُ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَالشَّهِدُوا And they will bear witness ala against anfusihim themselves أَنَّهُمْ That indeed they can they were kafirin disbelievers. They will testify against themselves that they were disbelievers. And this ayah shows to us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers to all people. And not just people but the jinn as well. Some scholars have said that as there were human messengers sent, there were also jinn messengers that were sent. And if that was not done, then at least the human messengers, their message was also for the jinn. Which is why the jinn came to Muhammad wasallam and they accepted Islam. In Surah Al-Ahqaf, Ayah 29, we learn, the translation is, and mention when we directed to you a few of the jinn, listening to the Qur'an. And when they attended it, they said, listen quietly. And it was concluded, they went back to their people as warners. Meaning, they accepted Islam, and they went and warned the people. In Surah Al-Jinn, Ayah 1-2, we learn, Say, O Muhammad wasallam, it has been revealed to me that a group of the jinn listened and said, indeed, we have heard an amazing Qur'an. It guides to the right course, and we have believed in it. So, message was sent to them through Muhammad This is why people will testify against themselves. In Surah Mulk also we learn, they will say, قَالُوا بَلَا قَدْ جَاءَنَا نَذِيرٍ فَكَذَّبْنَا وَقُلْنَا مَا نَزَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنْ شَيْءٍ They will say, yes, of course, Warner did come to us, but we refused to believe. And we said, Allah has not revealed anything. ذَلِكَ that. Meaning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask them this, that did messengers not come to you? Were you not informed? And why did Allah send messengers to the people? Whether it was human beings or jinn? And that lam not yakun he is Rabbuka your Lord. This is because your Lord, it is not his habit that he would be muhlik al qura muhlik one who destroys al qura the cities, the populations. Muhlik from halak halam kaf muhlik one who destroys al qura plural of qariya. It is not the way of Allah that he would destroy a people. He would punish them. In other words, bizulmin for. Wrong for injustice. Which wrong? The wrong that those people are committing. وَأَهْلُهَا While its people, غافلون, are ones unaware. Meaning they don't even know about what the truth is. In other words, Allah only punishes people when it is established that the people were aware of what was right and what was wrong. A warner did come to them. A message was delivered to them. And if a message was not delivered, the people were ignorant, they had no idea whatsoever, then it's not the way of Allah that He would punish them with injustice. No, 
every person. Once he is made aware, then he is held responsible. If he doesn't know, then he's not accountable. And remember, this is very important for us to know. If a person doesn't know, then he's not accountable. So if there is a particular sin, let's say in Islam, and a person has no idea that it is a sin, that it's something wrong, and he's doing it, he's committing it day in and day out, with complete ignorance, then he's not responsible. Until he finds out. When he learns, then he is responsible. This is why we learn about people who commit su'an bijahalatin. They commit wrong in ignorance. So for them, there is repentance. Right? But when they find out, then they must repent. So if the people are unaware, then Allah would not destroy them. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made everyone aware. How has He made everyone aware? Of the basic thing, basic tawheed, recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Through many ways. First of all, the ahd of alast, and then putting it within the fitrah of every person, right? And then Allah subhanahu wa taala has given every person a nafs that is lawama, that makes him feel bad when he's done something wrong. And isn't this true? Even for people who are not Muslim, when they do something wrong, their heart reproaches them. Not good. This is not nice. You know this morality that Allah subhanahu wa taala has placed within people, and yes. Some people, it gets corrupted. Why? Because they do wrong continuously. And when they do wrong continuously, then their heart dies. It doesn't even stop them from the wrong that they're doing. It doesn't even make them feel bad about the wrong that they have done. So, ذَلِكَ أَلَّمْ يَكُنْ رَبُّكَ مُهْلِكَ الْقُرَى بِظُلْمٍ وَأَهْلُهَا غَافِلُونَ And besides this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also sent messengers. In Surah Fatir, ayah 24, we learn, إِنَّا أَرُسَلْنَاكَ بِالْحَقِّ بَشِيرًا وَنَذِيرًا وَإِن مِّنْ أُمَّةٍ إِلَّا خَلَى فِيهَا نَذِيرٍ There is no nation except that a warner passed in it. Allah sent a warner to that nation. And with the coming of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the final messenger, the message that he brought, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised himself to preserve it. So that itself is an argument against the people, that the truth is there, it is preserved. And you have to find out. And even if you don't find out by effort on your part, it is delivered to you. So many people, they come to know about Islam, not because they were seeking it, but because they just accidentally came across it. So this is not the way of Allah that He would punish a people when they're ignorant. So on the Day of Judgment, if people are punished, they're sent to hellfire, what does it mean? That they are guilty. They knew, they chose to do wrong. So they are responsible. They are deserving of that punishment. وَلِكُلِّنْ And for each, meaning for every person, there are darajatun ranks, plural of daraja. Meaning every person will have a rank according to what? مِمَّا From that which, meaning according to that which, amilu They did. Every person will have a rank, a position, according to what he has done. Is this true? Yes. Do we see it in this world? Yes. If a person has studied, you know, for a certain amount of time, certain courses, in a particular way, at an institution, then yes, he will get a rank at the end. Whatever that rank may be that he was striving for. You know, whether it is a degree or a diploma or a certification, whatever it is, a license that he was working for. So in other words, you don't get a daraja without putting in the required effort for it. 
you have to put in the required effort in order to attain a certain rank. Correct? This is true for this world. And of course, it is very true for the hereafter. Everybody wants to go to Jannah, but nobody wants to pay the price for it. And what's the price for Jannah? Actions. Effort. The required effort is needed for a person to make it to Jannah, for a person to have high levels in paradise. And in general also, every person gets the rank according to their efforts. Meaning whatever they have done, that's the rank that they get. That's the score that they attain at the end. So for example, if there is a test paper which is worth 30 marks, and a person has done, let's say, questions that are worth 20 marks, how many marks will they get at the end? 20, not 25, not 15. Right? So, وَلِكُلِّنْ دَرَجَاتٌ مِمَّا عَمِلُوا وَمَا رَبُّكَ And your Lord is not بِغَافِلٍ at all unaware عَمَّا From what يَعْمَلُونَ they do. Meaning Allah knows very well about what people do, about the efforts that they're putting in. And at the end, He is the one who assigns ranks. So if Allah sends someone to Jannah, it's because Allah knows what actions they have done. And if a person ends up in the hellfire, it's because Allah knows what actions they have done. Allah is not unaware of what a person does. He is fully aware. What this ayah shows to us is that you get what you strive for. Just like in this world, you get what you pay for. Right? Not something else. You get what you strive for. So if we want a high level in the hereafter, then we have to strive for it. And if we don't bother, then that is the result that we will meet. And the difference in the levels of people is according to what? Is based on what? The difference in their efforts. If a person scores 30 on 30, it's because they worked for it. And if a person scores 10 on 30, it's because that's the effort that they put in. Right? So the difference in the result is based on what? Difference in effort. So this shows to us that the more effort you're putting in, the higher and the greater your rank will be. And the less effort you put in, the less your rank will be. One is a person who prays for rakah in five minutes. Okay? Heart completely distracted. Another is a person who prays for rakah in eight minutes, in ten minutes with effort to have khushur. Is there a difference in their effort? Yes. Is there a difference in the time spent? Yes. So at the end, will there be a difference in the result? Yes. There will be a huge difference. You know, in a hadith we learned that once, two people, they passed away. One person died, and a year later, another person died. Okay? So, These two people, they died a year apart from each other. So a companion, he saw in his dream that the one who died later got into Jannah before the other person who died before him. And he was very shocked by that, that you would think that the one who died first should go to Jannah first, and the one who dies later should enter Jannah later. But how come the one who died later made it to Jannah first? So he asked the Prophet ﷺ, and he said, yes, of course. Why wouldn't that be? Because the one who died later, he had 
a whole year worth of salah, right? Of charity, of so many good deeds that he performed. He has more compared to the one who died before him. You understand? So when he has more action to show, because of one extra year of ibadah, then he will make it to Jannah first. Because sometimes we don't give importance to quantity at all. We say, you know what, your intention, that's all that matters. And who knows, this one action that I'm doing for Allah with so much sincerity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it and bless it and increase it so much that it will be much more than, you know, so many other actions that people are doing than me. No, where quality matters, quantity also matters. Because quantity, to have more quantity, you need to put in more effort. So, let me put this in context. One is a person who, when the month of Muharram comes, they say, I'm only going to fast on the 9th and 10th. Okay, very good. And the other is a person who says, no, it's the best fasting after the fasting of the month of Ramadan. So I should fast as much as possible. So they say, I'm going to fast every Monday and Thursday. So at the end of the month, person A has two fasts. And person B has... Two times four, eight plus two, ten fasts. Is there a difference? Two fasts and ten fasts. Is there a difference? Huge difference. In effort, yes. In result, of course, if Allah accepts their deeds. Right? So where we emphasize a lot on the sincerity, we also have to work on the quantity. Never neglect the quantity of the deeds. That is also important. The more you do, the greater your result will be. And when it comes to the matters of dunya, we're always comparing ourselves with other people. She's got two pairs of glasses, I have one. My sister, she has three purses and I have two. Hmm? This friend of mine, she's got five rings and I've got two. This friend of mine, she has a house with four rooms and I have an apartment with two bedrooms. Small, shoebox size. Our neighbors, they have two cars and we have one. Isn't it? We're always comparing. And if somebody has more, we have to have more than them. Even when it comes to like, you know, small things, we fuss so much over it. We fuss so much over worldly things which don't matter. Really, they don't matter. Somebody has two perfume bottles. You have one. What's the big deal? At the end, all three will finish. Really. But we get more just because we want to have more than others. If someone has more, we also have the right to have more. If not the same at least. When it comes to worldly matters, look at who? People who are less than you. And when it comes to religious matters, when it comes to the matters of the hereafter, always look at people who are doing more than you. But we look at it the complete opposite way. Right? When we look at somebody who has a lot of dunya, then we compare ourselves and we're like, oh, I have so little. I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this. And when it comes to the matters of deen, we find out so-and-so is praying sunnah. We're like, it's okay, I've done my fault. It's a big deal. What's the big deal? I prayed sunnah for fajr. So what if I don't pray for dhuhr? No, they're praying sunnah for dhuhr as well. They're getting more reward. And you're missing out on that. Assalamualaikum. I always think it's kind of amazing when um, some people, they go for like their master's and their PhD and 
some people go for medicine and it takes up to 10 years to complete and they do this and it's rigorous and it's every day like it's a challenge for them and some of them even drop out but they sign up for it and they are willing to do it but how much are we willing to get to Jannah? Like how much do we make it a goal and actually work for it and dream of it, right? Yes. I mean think about it, getting a house in this dunya is not easy. Paying it off, filling it up with things that you need is not easy. You have to work hard, make that money, spend that money. You have to if you want to have it easy in this world, isn't it? You have to work a lot so that you can live a comfortable life. And this is for how many years? 20 years, 30 years, 40 years maybe? And we think that the home of the hereafter will come for free. Assalamu alaikum. This reminds me of the ayah in Surah Kahf where Allah says, who are the ones who are the losers at the end of, um, on the day of judgment? I think I'm not quite sure. And where he says that it's those who are doing deeds thinking that they were actually upon the right path, but they weren't. Yes. It's pretty, pretty sad to have to yes. go to the end and not earn anything. قُلْ هَلْ نُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِالْأَخْسَرِينَ أَعْمَالًا الَّذِينَ ضَلَّ سَعْيُهُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَهُمْ يَحْسَبُونَ أَنَّهُمْ يُحْسِنُونَ صُنْعًا The worst losers are people whose efforts are just lost in this world. They stay in this dunya. And the whole time they were thinking, they were doing really well. وَرَبُّكَ And your Lord, الْغَنِي The rich, the free of need. He doesn't need your efforts. He doesn't need your ibadah. He doesn't need your striving. He is above that. He is independent of the worship of His creatures of the struggle, the actions, the effort of his creatures. He is above that. Because, you know, when you think about putting in effort for Jannah, for Akhirah, you think, oh, Allah needs it. No, he doesn't need it. He doesn't benefit from the worship of the worshippers. He doesn't benefit at all. He is ghani. He is rich from before. He is independent. The rahmah possessor of mercy. He is just very merciful. This is why he rewards you graciously. Don't think that if He's rewarding you, it's because He has benefited. Because the people of this world, the creation, they reward others because they benefit from them. But Allah, He is dhur rahma. He rewards His servants because He is very merciful. He is appreciative. And He doesn't need you at all. Because in if yasha He wills, yudhibkum. He can take you away. Meaning He can do away with you. He can finish you. Remove you from here. Take everything away from you. Remove you. Take your life from you. Not leave you with anything. يُذْهِبُكُمْ وَيَسْتَخْلِفْ And give succession. مِنْ from بَعْدِكُمْ After you. مَا Whatever he wills. If he wants, he can replace you with someone else. Take you away and bring someone else in your place. The same house is there. Five years ago somebody else was living and now somebody else is living. وَيَسْتَخْلِفْ مِنْ بَعْدِكُمْ مَا يَشَاءُ كَمَا just as أَنْشَأَكُمْ He created you, He produced you from نُون شِينْ hamza insha to produce. He produced you مِنْ ذُرِّيَّةٍ from children, from progeny of who? قَوْمٍ a people, آخرين others. That just as you are the children of a people that came before you, where are those people now? Where are your ancestors? Where are the people who used to live here before? Think about the country that you live in, Canada. Right? Wasn't this inhabited by some other people before? Where are they now? Limited to certain areas now, right? They're not here anymore. Their lands taken away, their freedom taken away. And yes, it was granted back. However, we see 
that in this world what happens? One people, they live and soon their time expires and others come in their place. So this ayah warns us that we have very little time in this dunya to achieve, to reach the ranks, the position that we want. We don't have much time on our hands. Very little time. So, whatever you want to accomplish, strive for it now. You don't have eternity. You don't have forever. You only have a few years. Who knows? Perhaps a few days. Who knows? Perhaps a few hours. So take advantage of every moment to achieve high ranks. In Surah Fatir, Ayah 15 to 16, we learn, Ya أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ أَنْتُمُ الْفُقَرَاءُ إِلَى اللَّهِ You are poor before Allah. And Allah, He is rich, praiseworthy. Inna indeed, ma that which du'aduna, you all are promised. What is it that we are promised? Death, hereafter. La'atin, surely coming. That which you are promised is on its way. It is coming. Don't think it's far. And whatever is coming is near. Once the countdown has begun, then it's very near. It's not far because you have a limited amount of time left. إِنَّمَا تُوَعَدُونَ لَآتِ That which you are promised is surely coming. So don't think that your death is far. Don't think you have a lot of time on your hands. You don't. وَمَا أَنَّاتْ أَنْتُمْ يُوْ بِمُعْجِزِينَ At all ones who cause failure. مُعْجِزِينَ Plural of مُعْجِز from عَيْنْ جِيمْ زَيْ It's weakness. مُعْجِز is one who makes the other weak. One who defeats the other, makes the other weak, incapacitates him. So you cannot make Allah weak. In other words, you cannot cause failure to Allah. When the angel of death comes to take you away, you can't send the angel of death away. You can't defeat him. No. وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُعْجِزِينَ You cannot cause any failure to Allah. قُلْ say, يَا قَوْمِ O my people, اِعْمَلُوا work. Ala upon makanatikum, your position. Makana, from the root letters, kaf waw noon, or meem kaf noon. Kaun means to be. Makan, the place of being. So makan, position. Place. So work according to your position. Meaning the position that you have taken. What is that position? Of opposing the Prophet ﷺ. Of, you know, staying firm on your shirk, on your kufr. So go ahead, do whatever you want, work according to your position, work in my opposition, you know, stay firm on your religion, go ahead. Inni, indeed I amil, one who works. Meaning, I will work according to my position. Meaning, I will obey Allah. I will do what Allah has commanded me. فَسَوْفَ سُسُونَ تَعْلَمُونَ You will know. مَنْ هُ تَكُونُ It will be lahu for him. عَاقِبَةُ الدَّارِ Succession in the home. Aqibah. End result. Consequence. Final outcome. From the root letters, Ayn Qafba. Aqib is heel. So Aqib is basically that which comes after. And what is it that comes after an action? Its consequence, its result. And Aqibah is used for a good result. So let's see at the end who will have the good result where? Of Adar. In the home. Which home? The home of the hereafter. Let's see who makes it to the good home of the hereafter. I mean, let's see who is successful in the hereafter. Who makes it to Jannah in the hereafter. You do what you want and I will do according to my position. Both of us, keep working. 
Indeed, he la not yuflihu. He succeeds al zalimun, the wrongdoers. The wrongdoers will never succeed. So, what do we see in this ayah? That each person is granted the permission, or you can say, the ability to do whatever they want. No one is going to be forced to accept the truth, to do that which is right. Every person has been given that liberty to choose what he wants to do, and you can do whatever you want with. all your capacity, with all your energy, and people do that. Right? They strive to the maximum. They spend all their resources, their physical energy, their money, their time. They give their goal everything. So each person is allowed to do that. Meaning, go ahead and do it. Not that Allah approves of it, but that go ahead and do it. But at the end of the day, it will be seen whose efforts brought him to the final home of the hereafter, meaning in Jannah, and whose efforts did not bring him there. So here, we should really think that I could be working every day, I could be studying every day, I want to get a certain degree, I want to reach a certain level, and yes, it has all to do with this world, but at the end, do I want that 15 years of my life that I've spent studying and working in a particular field, they don't bring me to the home of Jannah? They're just wasted? You don't want that. So whatever you are doing, whatever you are studying, whatever you are aspiring to achieve, whatever goal you are aiming for, whatever goal you have set, whatever you are striving for, make sure it will help you in the year after. Don't do it just to make money in this world, just so that you can call yourself someone who has a master's degree or someone who has a PhD or someone who is a graduate of university. No. These titles, these big certificates, these degrees will remain here. At the end, look, I'm doing, is it gonna take me to Jannah? Is it going to be something that will help me get into paradise? Even your university degree, if you're doing it, do it with the right intention. Do it for a good purpose. If you're studying... Writing, for example, how to write well, even if it's one course, and you spend three months studying that, how can you study, spend three months on it, five months on it, and at the end, it doesn't help you get into Jannah? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Your life is precious. The hours that you've been given are precious. So whatever you study, make sure you can use that some way or the other to help you come closer to Allah. to help you do something so that you can get into Jannah. I'm not saying don't study anything, just study Qur'an and Sunnah, leave your degree. No, do it. But do it for a purpose. Because unfortunately, many of us, we just want to go to school because my parents want me to, because that's what you're supposed to do. And if you don't go to university, then you're a loser. If you don't have a degree, then you're a loser. No, get that degree Go to university, study this, study that, work here, work there. Go ahead. Use the time that you've been given well. But do it for a good purpose. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your resources. We listen to the recitation. وَيَوْمَ يَحْشُرُهُمْ جَمِيعًا يَا مَعْشَرَ الْجِنِّ قَدْ اسْتَكْثَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ وَقَالَ أَوْلِيَاؤُهُمْ مِنَ الْإِنسِ 
Mm-hmm. 